I'd much rather have a face and body that felt moisturized and well taken care of without any chemicals than a new dress. You know, I just, I don't want to spend money that way. I'd rather take care of my body from the inside out and the outside in. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman. And I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future. To honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This episode will be a real talk with me, McLean. And today I want to talk about self-care. It is such a huge topic. I feel like everyone now is trying to implement more self-care into their daily life. And it can be a little confusing on how and where to start and also where we are in our journey of motherhood. Um, Really uh, defines what self-care means to us at that moment, in this moment. So I've gotten a lot of questions about self-care. What do I do? What are DIY ways to do it? So I thought I would try and cover a little bit of that today. First and foremost, across the board, I feel like the biggest self-care that we can be doing as women is allowing ourselves to say no. Most of us are people pleasers. Most of us have been brought up to put the comfort of others above ourselves. And it is a really big thing to wrestle with, especially as we become mothers and our nervous systems are already a bit shot and our cup is brimming with work and energy that we're outputting to others. So it's really a moment to find clarity with where your boundaries lie. So I'm going to say this is self-care for everybody, for every woman, really for every man as well. But I see it the most in women uh, amongst my friends, amongst my mother friends, and especially within myself. Uh, Something I've been working on for quite a few years now is really finding the space within myself to say no to things that are not really serving my highest good right now. And also just acknowledging I can't be doing everything. And that's one of my my hard things to deal with is not getting overwhelmed with all the things I want to be doing. I mean, I could sit down right now and write out the top 20 things that I want to be doing with my work, with my family, with my inner spiritual work. And the reality is there isn't time for that right now. I cannot do that. It doesn't makes sense in my life as a mom of a young baby and a child and a wife and doing my work. And, you know, it will at some point, some of those things will at some point. But I think circling back to that idea of where can we be the captains of our own energetic vessel? Where are we letting the energy leak out? Where are we becoming depleted? And then where are we becoming resentful, rageful, depressed, anxious, You know, it's not just lip service that I'm talking about of like, oh, self-care, you know, it's this trendy term right now. It is 
such a huge thing because that self-care, that self-nurturing is setting you up or setting you down for the life you want to be living. And I really like to think of self-care as self-love. So every day, looking at where can I bring more self-love into my day. And honestly, some days I don't have it. Today, there will be little to zero self-care time. It will be in the car with my kids playing mantras. That's how I'm going to refill my cup today. I don't have help. It's a very busy day. Momming, I'm getting ready to leave town. Got a lot of things going on. I have to go to an orthodontist appointment with my daughter in an hour when I pick her up from school. The baby's napping right now. Like I'm fitting this in because this is my self-care today also is being of service. But as far as like not having a lot of time to meditate, not having exercise time, not having time to sit and dream and journal. I probably will take a hot salty bath tonight. So that will be my self-care too. So I do find ways to fit it in every day and not be you know pissed off about it. I, for one, love massages. I could get a massage every day of my life and be so happy. I love to exercise. I love to walk. I'm no longer really into exercise that pushes my body too much. It doesn't work for my system. It doesn't work for my adrenal system. And I find if I exercise too much, I can't also be working as a mom of two. Like if I, if one of those things wasn't there, I could push myself more and exercise, but really walking, stretching, that's all I'm doing right now. But walking is a major self-care for me. So you know, in mornings, I actually do it more when I have the baby and I just put her in the stroller and we go for a nice long walk. But I'm all about self-care. I have zero guilt or shame about self-care. The Korean spa is my number one spot in LA. That's my happy place. Before kids, I'd go weekly or bi-weekly. I lived right near there. And now I'm lucky if I get there every two to three months, but I'm going to try to start upping that a little bit more as my work schedule is getting a little bit more strategically scheduled. But yeah, boundaries. Boundaries really come up during pregnancy and for sure postpartum. And that's why it's so great to educate yourself on your postpartum uh, ideal or the postpartum 40 days if you're going to do that. Obviously, I'm a huge proponent of that. But finding where your boundaries lie with who's going to come visit you, who's going to come visit baby. And really thinking about all of those things during your pregnancy and letting them marinate, see what resonates, have difficult conversations if you need to, you know, have the space and time to get your partner on board to help you structure your healing time. And then on into motherhood because, you know, as we have more and more kids, we have less and less of that extra time. And, you know, it's, there's a sadness to it. We lose friends. We don't see them really. It's not so much losing friends. It's just not seeing all the people that we once did or that we'd like to. Um, but you also have to really keep your own energetics in alignment because you're the one that's doing the work. And I found when I don't listen to my intuition, when I don't regard my needs as just as important as my kids or my families. That's when I get resentful and that's when I'm sharp 
or I might yell or I'm stuffing down what I do want to yell because I don't really yell that much. I rarely yell at my kids, but that feeling of that like churning of like, I didn't get what I needed today and I'm exhausted and now I'm going to go to bed so wrung out. I didn't get any of those things off my list ticked off and all that falls on me. That's no one else's responsibility. So we have to take ownership of our part in all of this. And if you're a codependent person, this is going to be more challenging. It's a really good time to look at your patterns, your lineage. If you come from addicts or alcoholic parents, there can often be a lot of codependence. There's a lot of not wanting to ask for help. And that will not serve you postpartum. That will not serve you. And I speak from experience. I have found Al-Anon and it has been a really healing part of my life. That is a self-care without fail once a week, getting to a meeting of women that inspire me to no end and learning a deeper truth of myself, forgiving others and my family, my partner, uh, looking at the way I have played a part in all of that. So I'm not a victim. Um, and, and you know, growing. I continue to grow as a woman, as a mother constantly, constantly. Every single day, I'm a student of all of this. So just a brief rehash or more explanation of my self-care. I love massage, love facials, rarely get them. A little movement a day, even if it's 30 minutes, 15 minutes, stretching at the end of the day, stretching out my shoulders, just getting in my body, whatever I can do to get in my body with the baby stretching on the floor, walking at the stroller. Meditation for sure, even squeezing it in, in my car when I'm not driving. But like before I get to work, taking five minutes, going within myself, you know, 20 minutes twice a day is ideal. I don't always have that. If I do have it, I really try to take advantage of it. Um, playing mantras in my car, getting me in the zone and just emptying out my vessel every day so I'm not carrying on stuff I don't need to be carrying. That's a huge self-care piece for me. Also having quiet time, having alone time, having time to be with my dreams and journal. And I find that I do a better job of that around the new moon and the full moon, making that a priority hot salty baths, self-abhyanga, warming up the oil, massaging my body. That's always been a really great self-care practice for me. Legs up the wall every evening when I've put all my family to sleep, lying down, putting my legs up the wall, either on the floor or on my, on my bed and listening to a podcast or an audible book. That's also really, you know, free or cheap way to practice self-care. And, and also just being in the moment, like if my feelings are hurt or if something's not going my way and I'm upset about it, tuning in to what's going on, trying to not be an ego about it and really speak what's on my mind when it is. Because I often don't want to ever hurt people's feelings. I hate confrontation personally. Um, I hate disagreements. It makes me very uncomfortable. But part of self-care is speaking up in the moment when things hurt my feelings or I'm disappointed and, you know, just getting clarity around all of that, not having resentments. I don't want to have grudges. I don't want to hold resentments. I don't have time for that. It doesn't make me feel good. You know, really looking at what makes me feel good in this life, because if I feel good, then the others around me are going to feel good. And that's why we're here, right? To enjoy our lives. 
Oh, I also would add for myself, self-care is food. I do spend a lot of money on food. I don't really shop. We don't go out to dinner much, but I do buy all organic when I can. And I will allow myself the Erewhon trip every couple of weeks, buy really high-grade supplements. And that's just not something I'm going to uh, lower my standard about. I don't wear makeup for the most part. I just bought <laughs> mascara. I didn't even have mascara for a shoot I did recently, but I don't spend money on that, but I will spend money on all organic, natural face oils, face products, um, those kinds of things, because that's really important to me. I'd much rather have a face and body that felt moisturized and well taken care of without any chemicals than a new dress. You know, I just, I don't want to spend money that way. I'd rather take care of my body from the inside out and the outside in. Uh, as far as self-care for pregnancy, really anything that makes you feel good. You know, as your body changes, you're going to change. Your needs are going to change. Swimming is a great exercise. Walking every day. The Kundalini seeks, say, three to five miles per day walking. And having done that with my second pregnancy, I really can speak that it works. It really helped keep me comfortable my whole pregnancy, keep me active. My weight gain, you know, was really easy and in the normal range without any effort. I had an easy labor and birth, you know, as far as birthing a baby goes. I was not able to walk that much with my first because I was sick the whole time. But once the sickness left, I did walk a lot, which did help. Um, just any way you can embody that connection, you know, with your body and your baby, stretching, yoga, prenatal yoga, meditation every day, huge, huge. Um, I also love chiropractic care, craniosacral care, massage. I say when you're pregnant, do within your means whatever you can do. You will not regret it. You need to support your changing body to reduce those aches and pains, to reduce the fatigue, you know, to really keep your energy up and your spirits up. Because for many women, it's a huge thing. It's a huge change in our psyche and our body and pretty much everything in our lives is about to be completely changed upside down. So whatever you can do, do it. Uh, obviously, prenatal vitamin, um, very healthy, organic, high standard vitamins and supplements, oil the body every day with a natural oil. I loved a shea butter blend. Almond oil is actually really good too. There's so many great oils out there, but just staying really hydrated in the skin, obviously a lot of water and having the conversations with your partner about your expansion as a family, looking at your own lineage, looking at their lineage. I think couples therapy is a great thing to get into when you're pregnant. It's will definitely be of service postpartum. So getting that kind of set up when you're pregnant can be really helpful. And obviously eating as healthily as you can. Pregnancy is really the time to be the healthiest you can be. Of course, it's the middle path and I fully support having healthy treats. I eat a lot of snackable animal crackers when I'm pregnant. So, I mean, I was eating bags and bags of those, which is not the healthiest. So, you know, middle path here. Also eat frozen Thin mints. I'm just going to be honest. But I ate a lot of veggies, 
you know, most of my diet is veggies, um, some protein shakes and, you know, with treats sprinkled in there and just doing what feels good, you know, tuning in with yourself hour by hour if you need to. What can I do to make me feel better right now? Then moving into postpartum. So as everyone knows that has heard me speak, I'm so passionate about the first 40 days, which is all about self-care. It's all about setting up your healing, your transition from maiden to mother, and setting up your new family to thrive. And those key components are rest, warm healing foods, taking care of the body via vaginal steaming, sits bath, abhyanga oil massage, um, energetic protection, listening to things that uplift you, not listening to anything violent, anything too loud. Um, Same goes with eyesight, not watching scary things, not watching scary movies or shows or even the news maybe right now. Um, only having people that really bring energy into your life come visit. This is not the time to host. This is the time for you to be insular, to be in your cave, to be in that womb space healing, truly from the inside out and the outside in. And it feels like a really, really long time, six weeks. But when you're on the other side of it, it is a flash in the pan. And when you're a couple of years out with your kids, you're like, oh my God, why did I not take advantage of that time to do nothing? Because guess what? You really don't get that time back for a couple of years. I mean, truly, it's a big, long marathon that you're entering the path of. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but taking that time, taking those first 40 days to chill, to heal. The more that you can heal in that time, the better you're going to be off for the rest of your life. In India, they have a saying, the first 40 days of life will shine light on what the next 40 years of your life will be. So it's not just healing now, like, oh, okay, I'm healed after six weeks or three months or six months or even a year. It's like, what is my menopause going to look like? What is my uterus going to be like? What is my pelvic floor going to be like for the rest of my life? A lot of these problems we're having of incontinence, of peeing yourselves when you run or you jump, that's all because you didn't rest. Seriously, all of those issues, if you rested and were flat horizontal resting when your baby was asleep, your 40 days, be drastically, drastically lowered. Also, all of the statistics of postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, all of that would be so greatly reduced if we didn't have all of these insane expectations put on our shoulders by our society. For thousands of years, women were treated in a certain way right after birth, healing, because even if we're not even looking at it from like a moral standpoint, we're looking at it as a continuation of the species, that's what needed to be done. Because if women weren't given that time to rest and heal, then they couldn't feed their babies. If they couldn't feed their babies, those babies would die and mom would die without the care. So, you know, just looking at it from a completely kind of scientific outlook is you need that rest and care to be a healthy mom, to be able to feed your healthy baby, to have a healthy child. And the lack of care and support is just horrific. And, you know, 
all of us doulas here in this life, in this movement, you know, we're, we're all showing up in a way because we're very passionate about helping change the system. But honestly, the system starts with you, with each woman, with each mother, demanding change and demanding change around us, demanding change from our friends, from our partners, from our family. You know, so many of my clients are so scared to make the boundary of the 40 days because they're scared of offending their family members. But you know what? Their mothers, their mother-in-laws, they didn't have this care either. Often the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers didn't have this care. They would have loved that care and they weren't given the opportunity for it. So that can change with us. We don't have to carry that on anymore and we can educate in a loving way. And it is so healing for all of us, for our lineage. I mean, I felt when I did my 40 days that I was healing for my mom, for my grandmothers, for my great-grandmothers, and back and back and back. And also showing my daughter Jemima what that looked like when I had Goldie Wolf. So now she really knows what that looks like so she can do it for herself. And of course, I will be there with her, uh, making her do it or facilitating her do it, supporting her do it. But it really comes back to us. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling rageful, and postpartum rage is a thing, our nervous systems are shot. If you're snappy, if you're yelling, if you're blaming everything on your partner, if you're pissed at the world, if you're wondering why the fuck did I have this kid, if any of these feelings are heavy on your heart, look at truly where are you spending your energy? Are you not standing up for yourself? Are you not saying no? The power of no is so powerful. You know, there's that saying that no is a complete sentence and it is, and you can say it in a loving way. And it's so impactful when we can say it and then allow the other person to receive it. And sometimes it feels jarring, you know, to be told no. But the more that we hear it from others and we can bring it into our own lives, then it becomes this like free back and forth. My friend can say no to me. I can say no to my friend. We still love each other. No big deal. I was actually in this training with Kimberly Ann Johnson, who is a friend and colleague whom I love. And it was on trauma for birth workers. So trauma around birth and postpartum and how we can be of service to our clients, but it really even goes to just our own trauma because if you're a human, you have trauma. It's part of the human condition. And looking at how we work with our own trauma, how we heal it. And we did this really interesting exercise where we would summon our partner to us from across the room. So you'd you know, you'd kind of wave with both hands, come, come here. And then when you felt any energy shift, you put both hands no out, like stop, you know, like stretching the arms out, stop. And you just say no with conviction. And, you know, we were all kind of laughing after doing it a couple of times because it feels so weird just to say no like that. And it wasn't even like, oh, this person's scary to me. I mean, it was all doulas, all of whom are like beautiful women and a lot of were friends. And so of course I didn't feel physically threatened or scared, but it was just that shift of energy. When someone is coming into your auric field, you have the power to say no. And at first it did feel jarring to hear that. But the more that we practiced it, 
then it was beautiful because it was like, I'm saying no to you. I'm reading your body and your language and you're not getting offended. And then that gives me more confidence to next time say no again with strength and grace. And then by doing that for me, that's also having to my partner. So, I mean, this was obviously such a simple, simple exercise, but it just showed me how we're not used to saying no a lot of the times. You know, women, it's like we just take it on and on. Yes, I can do that. Of course, let's just add five more things to my day. Let's add another 10 things I need to check off the list this week. And it's not serving us. And this isn't to mean we need to be, you know, narcissistic jerks, but most of us aren't, you know? And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I always put myself first, then maybe that is an opportunity for you to also think about how others feel and, you know, showing up in service to your friends and your kids and your partner. And, you know, maybe that is your journey, but I'm really speaking to the kind of the other side of that coin, just because that's what I see in my daily life. And I wanted to speak to that today. Having a baby is a whole new thing. Having kids is a whole new thing. So, you know, you get through the, even the postpartum, the first year of baby, the second year of baby, you know, it's, it's not ending ladies. It continues and it deepens. Some things get a lot easier. Some things get a lot harder. You know, then you get into bullying and when your, fr- you know, your daughter's left out from her friends and learning issues and sicknesses and skin rashes and crooked teeth and overbites and not getting into the schools you want. You know, it's, it's a lot. So the more that we kind of, it's like you stick that sword in the ground and say, you know what? No, no more. I'm standing up for myself. I'm putting myself at the top of the list because as the mom, as the mother, as the women, we are the cornerstone of our families. We're the cornerstone. And what we do, what our energy brings is affecting everyone around us. And it is a massive responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. And so we have to buffer that work with the self-love, with the inner work, with the meditation, with the spiritual connection, whatever that means to you. That could be running 10 miles. That could be meditation. That could be the spa, therapy, whatever that means to you, that's your business. Whatever refills your cup, that's your business. But please, I urge you to take the time to find that answer, to find what it is. And that changes. You know, we change. It can change daily. It can change in whatever phase of your life you're in. But I just encourage you, you know, we're moving out of this martyrdom as mother, of this suffering, of, you know, doing all the work, but being resentful and making biting remarks. Like, that's not fun to be around. No one wants to be around that. That's like the 50s unhappy housewife. It's done. Like, let's just close that chapter. Let's support each other. Let's support ourselves. You know, when our friends say no to us, I can't make that. I can't do that that we acknowledge their strength and being able to say no and that we allow ourselves to do the same when we can handle it. Because sometimes it really is that. Sometimes, you know, I want so much to do the other plan of the day or meet my friends for dinner with all of our kids. And, you know, sometimes it's exactly what I need. Sometimes that is the self-care of just saying, 
kids, get in the car. We're going. We're going out to dinner. It's going to be so much fun. And like letting off that steam altogether. Sometimes that is the answer. Other times that is so much work with the tantrum and, you know, poopy diaper when you're walking out. And if you're, especially if you're breastfeeding or you're pumping and it's too much and just saying, no, you know, I'm supposed to meet this person, this friend in 10 minutes. And like, I can't do it. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown and stopping before you put yourself through that because it's not worth it. At the end of the day, it's not worth it. So really examining how can you be better for yourself? How can you love yourself more? How can you expand into this woman you want to be? Keep showing up, keep doing the work, keep tuning in with your intuition. That will be your guide. And it's not about the services. It's not about what people are trying to sell you. I do feel like self-care has become this trendy term, which in a way is probably good because it's in our common vernacular now, self-care. I mean, 10 years ago, it wasn't as it is now. But it also is becoming kind of like a marketing tool. So just, you know... Don't allow yourself to to look outside of yourself so much for the answers. It's really about reining it in and trying different things, seeing what works, but coming back to you always. Who is the inner you? Who is that inner self before you were a partner or a mother or a stepmother or a business owner? Like, where is that spark? Who is that little girl? How do you have fun? How do you let go? How do you connect to your godlike, you know, spirit or whatever that means to you. And put that first, you know? Put that first. So, I hope this was helpful in some way. Um, I'm here cheering you all on, sending so much love. This is an incredible time in history to be a woman. It has never gotten to this point of women standing up of demanding a different way of being. Our kids are growing up with this. Our kids are going to have such a different world. It is a beautiful time. There's a lot of negativity. There are a lot of things to be horrified about, sad about, depressed about. There's also so much light. There's so much being brought out of the darkness into the light. So keep up, stay up, keep your head above water. You're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it all together. And I love you. So thank you so much for showing up. Please DM me with any questions or topics you'd like to hear. And you can also email me, McLean at motherthemother.com. I'm here to be of service, to have the conversations you want to hear. And thank you so much for showing up. Jay Mom. <laughs>